Welcome back, everyone. This is Discussing Who, and on tonight's episode, we will be discussing the episode entitled Bad Wolf. It is the 12th episode of the 2005 series. So before we actually get into that series, it would not be proper to not introduce the co-host and the brains behind this show. First up, Clarence Brown. Clarence, how are you? I'm doing great, man. Enjoying this this warm, springy weather that that is upon us. Yeah, I can't complain too much. Cobain's Cobain. So, anything interesting happening with you lately, or anything you want to talk about? Uh no, man. Just glad to be on and talk about this episode. Good deal, good deal. Which we're almost to the end of series uh, one. Would you believe it or not? Yeah, in the blink of an eye, man. True, true. So let me also introduce the other part of the brains behind this show, Lee Shackelford. Lee, how are you? I'm well, guys. Very well indeed. Was was that sarcasm about the weather? Or <laughs> no, it it's, okay. it actually is great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's very nice here in North Carolina too. So yeah, well, good. I'm glad. I'm glad we're both getting it. It's it's really nice. Yeah, which is yeah, raining here you- tomorrow. Oh, is it going to be raining tomorrow? I think so. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, thanks for bringing us down. <laughs> hey, it's, hey, some people might <laughs> like rain. Right? It's going to rain. That's true. Yeah. So I've got a question for you guys before we get into the story itself, because when I'm writing down my notes, I, I, I'm remembering, and we've not had this recently, but we have 13 episodes for this series, whereas... You know, the last couple of years, we are seeing 12, you know, episodes. Then we're going to 10 episodes this particular season in 2018. So what do you guys think about the reduction in numbers of episodes compared to the 13 that we were seeing back then? Yeah. If that trend continues, eventually there won't be any Doctor Who at all. (laughs) Yeah, I'm I'm fine with the shortened length as long as the content is solid. I know I talk about this about some of the Netflix shows, but there are usually 13 episodes and there are quite a few that go on a couple of episodes too long. So, I mean, with Doctor Who, as long as we're getting good, solid content, uh, you know, I'm I'm down for them going 13 or even slimming down a little bit. As long as it's good is it's kind of where I'm landing at. OK, what do you think, Lee? Yeah, I feel the same way. Um, if you are a fan of British TV, then you're accustomed to the, the six episode season or, um, or, or if you're a fan of uh, Sherlock particularly, you get the three yeah. episode season. <laughs> but you know, each of those was 90 minutes, two hours long and they were shot like feature films. So it's, it's yeah. almost, it's more like you were getting a series of films in the course of a year. So, um, yeah, it does. Is it possible that Doctor Who would end up being like that? Maybe. Um, mm. It would be real interesting. So just, you know, taking on that tangent there, I'm really not sure if I would want three or four feature length episodes of Doctor Who, because I think, mm. are we cheating ourselves to have only three or four mm. stories? But then again, uh, I'm also curious as to what that would be like. I, we've come close, though, with the with the the 10th Doctor's mini season, which uh, I did not care for. So it's like, yeah, like that episode yeah. that we can never remember the name of on the desert planet with the planet you know, of the planet of the is his planet, planet of the, of the dead. dead right? Yeah. Yeah. It was just. Yeah. No. And we had several of those and they were a little longer. And it, that was all we got that year. And it was just. Yeah. No. Yeah, and I I think maybe my biggest issue with the shortened seasons is, uh, you know, of course, 
I cannot. I no no longer can stand shows that go on for twenty up twenty episodes. It it just doesn't feel right now. But I think the other side of that picture is that if we're having to wait longer than a year to get the next season, I think we're really missing something. Because uh, I mean, we mentioned this on Discussion Track the other night, but when you have Game of Thrones, which last episode was in twenty seventeen. And you're not going to get a new episode until 2019. It's just a little bit disappointing. And we, we've experienced that a few time, times with Doctor Who as well, the prolonged absence. Yeah. And, you know, I made a statement and I'm curious to see what Lee thinks about the, this from a writer's perspective. You know, I made a statement. We were talking about, um, you know, the Game of Thrones, just like Clarence mentioned. And I followed up by saying, you know, does the absence make the heart grow fonder? And if, what do you think, Lee? Do you think having a big absence, whether it's Game of Thrones, whether it's between someone publishing a book and it, the sequel not coming out to two or three years later or whatever the case may be, what do you think of having that absence for, for the purpose of simply having an absence to try to make you want it more? <laughs> Well, since it's taken me forever to get the next batch of relativities together, I hope people really <laughs> like the, the, that was not the oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, there. exactly. Oh, no, I was no, like, no, crap, no. I fell right into that one. Oh no, no, I, I didn't. Uh, that just occurred to me at that minute too. So I didn't, I didn't think that's what you were talking about. Good. No, you <laughs> Cause know, I wasn't. no, cause I, you know, I'm thinking about, um, how excited we were, uh, as fans of classic Doctor Who when the, when the TV movie, was announced because it had been, you know, it had been more than a decade yes. since there was any Doctor Who. I mean, um, yeah. And, and, you know, a lot, most of us, I guess, have got our issues with things in the TV movie, but doggone it, it was the first Doctor Who we'd had. And, <laughs> you know, it was something else. I, um, uh, it's funny that when you were saying that though, what I actually was thinking about was, um, I got so deeply involved in the Harry Potter universe when the, when the books first started being released in America. And it was clear that, um, uh, J.K. Rowling was trying to keep with it that, you know, she had the whole series planned out and was, you know, it, it takes a while to write them. So we would just seize, you know, one of the books and consume them. And then it's like, okay, what's next? Well, you know, <laughs> maybe a couple of years, a couple of years. <laughs> uh, well, we got to know what happens. So I remember that. And the anticipation was sweet. It, you know, it's uh, in the fandom. It was, you know, that was a year of or more of talking about what might happen. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you definitely, with these shorter seasons, the creators slash writers slash actors, they get to live in the, they get to live into, in the fallout, not bad choice of words. They get to live in the praise or the admiration of the show mm. a little bit longer before they have to. I mean, it's not like it's a 20, 24 episode season where they're keep churning, keep churning. They can actually right. rest relax, live in it for a little bit, enjoy it. And, you know, and then we hopefully move on to the next season. Yeah. You know, my cutoff, I think would be, and this is just a personal preference here, but I don't think I would like anything shorter than eight episodes, because if you have had to, if you're really a big fan of whatever that show may be, and you have waited a certain period of time, I think eight or more. I mean, I, I'm 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 okay with 12, 13, 14, 15 as the max because I think it, after 15 you do start having to have the filler episodes and that that brings up a whole another 
conversation entirely. But I think anything under that eight starts to get into you are running the risk of losing a portion of your story that you could have told that, especially if you're waiting a an extended amount of time. Now, if you have six episodes that you air in the spring, six episodes you air in the fall, completely different cup of tea. But yeah. I, I think eight is my magic number. They are the minimum mm. magic number. So yeah, there uh, you go. All right. Good deal. Good deal. Well, you know, here's one thing that w- you won't have to wait, whether it be a year, whether it be a couple of years or whether it be a hundred years or 100 years from the events of the long game, which is we are about to review Bad Wolf. So if you have not seen Bad Wolf, Put us on pause. This is the 12th episode of the 2005 series. Put us on pause. Go watch the movie or go watch the the show. Watch it all together if you want to and make it a movie if you want to, which would be a saga, I guess. But put us on pause <laughs> because from henceforth, spoilers. 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 All right, Bad Wolf, again, 12th episode, 2005. It aired originally on the 11th of June, 2005. Of course, that is on BBC One. According to Wikipedia, this is quite interesting. This episode received the lowest of the season with 6.81 million. Did you guys think, just as a broad story, do you think this deserved the lowest of the 2005 series? <sighs> um, probably not. I mean, of course, we've expressed our misgivings with uh, World War Three. Uh, but but I mean, I think that I don't know for what the episode is. <laughs> it's just kind of ironic that mm. it's the lowest rated <laughs> of, of them all. But I don't know. I, I really enjoyed the latter ha- latter half of the episode. While the first part of it, uh, I could give or take, quite frankly. Uh, what about, what about you, Lee? Uh, I'm, I'm really baffled by its, its low scores as well. But, um, you know, th- there's always a whole matrix of causes for, you know, why an audience is watching something and why they're not, you know, I mean, this is a series that almost didn't happen because, you know, of all things, when they aired their first episode, the United States president was assassinated. So, you know, you, yeah. you, you never know. Um, something's going to come up. I don't know what was good. What else was going on in the world? <laughs> or was it, or was it people who tuned into the beginning of Boomtown and said, Oh God, not the Slovene again. And said, I'm, d- I'm done with this series. I mean, it'd be it. I, that's, that's the best theory I've got really is that it was Boomtown, even though when we watched it again, we were all surprised by how much we liked Boomtown. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. All right, but let me let me throw this uh at you. I would be curious to know and I'm sure if we did enough searching or if we just probably asked Dave, he could probably tell us which is or I would be curious to know what else was on television that night? What yeah. else was going on in the UK on that particular day? Was it Wimbledon? Was it whatever that might have been? Because I don't think this was the worst episode. I just don't get it. No. No. I not at all. And, and this, 
I don't guess it's skipping ahead because you've you sounded the spoiler warning. But um, watching this one again, I was surprised at how much I enjoyed it. I I didn't have as much fond memories of this as I did of the second part of this two parter. True. But, um, True. Yeah. Now, now I will say though that I. I, I I wonder sometimes if I'm alone in this in science fiction and fantasy, but I have always hated the construction where in a world of the future or on another planet, somebody is being punished or tortured or something. And so they're being made to live in a world of Earth's past, like being forced to be on game shows that are popular on <laughs> the BBC at the time. Or the, I, I'm in a I'm in a chat group on um, a, a, a Facebook group that's mostly guys my age who are fans of the original Star Trek series. And there's a lot of love out there in that group for a third season episode of Star Trek where um, uh, the bridge crew are going to be sentenced to death. And the aliens in that case are going to make them do it by becoming part of the gunfight at the OK Corral. <laughs> And a, a, lot, a lot of the guys really like that episode. And I can't stand it. I hated it as a kid. I hated it as an adult because I think the whole that whole notion is so dim-witted. I just it just it's it's so obviously an excuse to to go for the cheap jokes or the cheap reference yeah. or to or to or to reach for a set that you already have or what it's just it's just it just seems lazy to me. So maybe people saw the the previews for this and said, "Wait a minute, the Doctor and Rose are going to be on." The weakest link. The weakest link? Really? Yeah. Yeah, pass. Pass. This used to be a good show, you know. Well, you know, I think it's quite obvious that everybody was really watching The Weakest Link instead of watching this episode. (laughs) (laughs) That may have happened. That's right. Maybe so. I mean, I don't know, Leon, especially what you said about the sets. I mean, to me, they just felt like let's reuse the set. I think maybe if they had set up – the previous episode on Satellite Five, a little bit more by showing maybe the newsrooms and the different parts of the building. I think maybe I would have believed it a little bit more that we have these TV sets spread, spread throughout, uh, which they may have did. I just don't remember that. They, they hinted at it. I mean, there's a line of dialogue about it, but but that's all. And, yeah. and that's really all they do here, too. You know, we we don't see behind all the doors. We just have Linda telling us that that's what's going on. But uh. yeah. So let's talk – well, well, I was about to talk about Linda, but let me go and talk a little bit more uh, on the same uh, track, I would say would be a good word to use, of what we're saying now. What do you guys think about injecting pop culture in general into a story that is – hopefully going to be timeless. Like we're watching this that was broadcast 2005. We're watching it again in 2018, 13 years later. And speaking of, it was yesterday. We're actually recording this on the 27th of March, 2018. 13 years ago yesterday, the episode rose, which was the first episode of this series Premiered. So this is actually almost the return of Doctor Who's birthday, just a day late. Mm. So, but my question that I want to ask is, what do you guys think of just this injection of pop culture, not necessarily the weakest link, but putting such blatant pop culture reference into the story? What do you think of that? And Clarence, I'll let you take that one first. Hmm. I kind of feel like it's low hanging fruit. Um, but that in itself does not necessarily make it, make it a bad thing. 
I do kind of like what they were going for here, but you know, like you said, 13 years later, how much does the weakest link or big brother really resonate with the uh, today's generation? Yeah, the people probably still know what Big Brother is because it's still long, but The Weakest Link, eh, eh, they, they might. They might know what it is. So, I mean, I don't know. It still it felt really, really out of place. And I don't know. By the end of it, I just felt like, <clears throat> are they? do they have real ties with these shows while they're using? They're using the real names of these shows on this episode, which I was just kind of shocked by. So that's another thing. And as far as like just pop culture references being in, you know, our media, I will say some of my favorite parts of um, Stargate is when they make references to the real world. And of course they are living in our normal time on Stargate. So I really love that about that show, but I, I think it can fit. It just depends on how it's done and how blatant it is. It's pretty blatant in this episode though. Lee, what do you think? Yeah, extremely. Yeah. Well, no, I, I, I stand with my answer about, or you know what I said before about um, how, how, well, Clarence has got it. It's low hanging fruit. It it just seems it just seems uh, lazy to me. It's just easy to write something that's full of in jokes about what's going on in the world at the time, and um, and that's fine. But it does have the effect of of now 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 this episode is very much an artifact of two thousand and five, yeah. <laughs> and yes. uh, there it is. But um, or two thousand six, um, but you know. Um, very, very few of us have ever actually seen a Metropolitan Police box, too, in person. I mean, the, 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 the show, the show moves on, right? And, you know, it's, it's, it's always been kind of stuck with its own legacy. It's, you know, I, I don't know. You know, well, what do you think? You know, my thing is, you know, and I'm going to speculate something. I don't know this is fact, and I hope what I'm saying is true, but I think that something like I Love Lucy, the mm -hmm. I'm sure there were jokes in I Love Lucy that were timely, that that made reference to what was going on in 1950s United mm -hmm. States. But I Absolutely. can but I can pick up and watch an episode of I Love Lucy and not understand any of those jokes that were referenced. And mm -hmm. it still is hilariously funny. Yeah. And but yeah, that's a very good example that you've chosen there, though, because Desi was very conscious of the fact that this is a show that he wanted people to be watching 50, 60 years later. That's why when all of those situation comedies on TV at that time were shot on videotape, he invested in having that that show shot on film. Mm -hmm. Wow! And that's why it looks different from all the others and why it has survived visually so well. Because so he was thinking ahead and, you know, he was there with the with the writers saying, no, that's a that's a very timely joke. Let's not do that. Let's make it. You know, it's got to be something that people will still laugh at <laughs> in the 21st century. And they do. And I do. And they do yeah. So. You know, but I look at this and, and, and it harkens back to what Clarence was saying a moment ago, which is I felt like I was stuck in a parody of 2005 pop culture. Right. And I just don't think that that was a smart way to go. It was cool at the time that because for the Anne droid, they even had the woman who was Anne in the weakest link actually it's, doing the voice. It's Anne Robinson. Yeah. Yes. Oh, wow. And cool. they, and they invited her and figured she'd say no. And she did it. She, <laughs> she went out there to, to be the cartoon version of herself. I love that. 
Wow, that's really cool. Yeah. If she'd well, been in the U.S., she would have been on The Simpsons, right? Yes. <laughs> I mean, what, what do you think about that same premise applied to um, less pop culture and more like pol- political things? I mean, of course, in the latest series of Doctor Who, we got, you know, jabs at Trump. Um, how do you think those things play over time as well? Very good question. Yeah, and and classic who uh, did it with uh, Margaret Thatcher. So hmm. yeah, you 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 can look at that now and say, boy, I'm glad I know something about British history in this period. <laughs> Otherwise, I would have no idea what's going on here. So <laughs> yeah, the same thing is going to happen here. And I don't know. And, and and you know, how many years will it take before we watch the uh, the very end of Black Panther and not smile? Yeah. When uh, when when T'Challa says, you know, that wise men build bridges, the foolish men build walls. <laughs> Whoa! Yeah, wow, you're exactly right. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Very, you know, very good. I mean, I, I, you know, I, I, I think as creators, I think it is unless you have a conscious decision, as Desi Arnaz, as we were talking about a moment ago, had when you're writing it. I think just by being human beings that it's hard not to put in either whether it be personal prejudices whether it be prejudices to the negative prejudices to the positive whatever that might be i think that's hard for people not to do so yeah. the the politicalness or the um you know whether it's making a president schwarzenegger or ta- actually in season 10 referring to donald trump I, I, I just think that that's hard not to do for some people. And, and I'm, I mean, I'm probably yeah. would be one of those some people. Chances are pretty definite would be one of those some people mm-hmm. if it were me. So. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I always find it funny in a show or a movie where you see this character or as, I guess as the writer projecting what they think the future will be. <laughs> and the, the Arnold comment was really funny in, in that aspect. Like, yeah, well, okay. Um, I don't think he could have ever been president anyway. Um, but sure. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Who knows? <laughs> who knows? Yeah. <laughs> right. But about that time, we didn't think you could have been governor of California either. So, well, I but, think yeah. his, 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 he actually from precludes him from being president. Yes. No, I, I, yeah. yeah. No. Okay. <laughs> there, there is, there is actually a, a legal precedent there, but yeah. <laughs> but yeah, we, we thought one was just as ridiculous as the other at one point. Yeah. But, um, all right. Yeah. Well, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, no. I, I'm just, yeah. We're transitioning. <laughs> all right. Well, let's transition to actually two minutes and 14 seconds into this story. I mm. noticed something that I had never noticed before. As no matter how many times that I've watched this episode, there is a point where the doctor is in the big brother house and he is called into the diary room and he walks by this wall that has this sculptured artwork on it. And I looked at it. And again, if for anybody listening, it is two minutes and 14 seconds into the story. The first time I saw this and, and assumably the first time you will see it, mm-hmm. there is this on this artwork. There are roundels things, little, um, I would say egg shape or ball shaped half balls that are on this multicolored, um, artwork. And I'm looking as he's walking by and I'm thinking, 
oh, are they trying to give you a hint right there that guess what? Here come the Daleks because it looked like the a outside mm-hmm. casing of a Dalek flattened out and painted. Hmm. And you, you know, I remember now that you say that that my son pointed that out, and he he was he was ten, um, <laughs> and. And kind of, kind of, he's kind of primed to look at things like that and notice that. Um, that makes me think of the, um, the sort of, um, Ocean's Eleven uh, episode they did with, um, uh, the 12th Doctor. I can never remember the name of that episode either. So people who are listening are saying, you idiot, that's called, anyway. But, the, but they had the doors that were, the, they had these giant sliding doors that had round windows on them, sort of portholes. And there was another circle in the porthole, kind of off to one side. And there's a moment in that where two of the doors close and you could see the two things mirrored side by side and it finally hits you. Those are Cyberman eyes. Oh. Oh, wow. yeah. here we That's go. Cool. Yeah. Huh. Um, but so yeah, I, I think that, um, the scenic design has always, uh, they've always, uh, enjoyed kind of having a tongue in a cheek about stuff like that. So. So I, yeah, I'm sure I'm sure that's deliberate. I'm sure I, I think that's a good catch. You're cool. right. That's yeah. that's what that's about. All right. So let me ask you. You know, we were talking about Linda a moment ago, and she was in the Big Brother house. Lee, help me remember. In the classic series, did we meet as many companions, or quote unquote, possible companions, as there have been since the series restarted in 2005? Well, yeah, but only because there was more time to more time to do it in it. Um, yeah, I, I, maybe maybe I'm not understanding the question. Well, I'm you know like these people who say, "Oh, I, I would really like to possibly travel oh, with yeah. you," and never do. Companion light, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly. I don't. I really don't think so. Um, and and I, I was hoping. I was. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because I was hoping we talk about that. I remember again, maybe somebody who. Well, I guess anybody who remembers watching these when, when we were seeing them first in the U.S., that a lot of the press at the time was about the fact that the show was about to change and that they were saying one of the major characters is going to leave – one of the major actors is going to leave the series. And we as fans already knew it was Christopher Eccleston. But the way they were playing it, like on the Sci-Fi Channel or whatever, was it's going to be either the Doctor or Rose. Hmm. So then we – and, and so I wondered how deliberate that was from the BBC marketing point of view, because then we had this whole thing with Linda, you know, she, she'd like to travel, you know, and the doctor yeah. basically invites her aboard, you know, we, and I remember watching that and thinking, wow, maybe they're both, maybe it's, mm. and then Rose got disintegrated. I said, well, yeah, that's, that's it, man. How about that? Okay. Well, it's going to be the doctor and Linda with a Y. And, and I know we were supposed to <laughs> with a that, Y. That was a, yeah, but that was a. <laughs> That was a, a little a little shell game there that we were gonna, you know. It it definitely seems like they, especially speaking of current season, they pull the rug out from under us a lot more now uh, than they did in this first uh, season. And yeah, I was I was of course I knew Rose would be back, uh, but I had not remembered this episode entirely. And I'm like, man, it's it's kind of funny how the Doctor can meet these new people and just have them absolutely smitten within mm-hmm. a matter of a few minutes. And, and they're all game to, to go gallivanting with him. I, I really love that. And, <laughs> you know, he, he's saving them, you know, if somebody saves you, you would get attached, right? Absolutely. It really happens. And, and it goes back to 
something that we three have discussed before about how people see each other and how people see themselves. And even the doctor has made reference to that is, you know, always have a plan if you and if you don't have a plan, act like you have a plan, you know, and I think Mm -hmm. it's when you talk about that. Uh, presence, Clarence, you know, it's, it's, it's the presence that he projects, whether he feels it or not. It's that projection that he gives, in my opinion, the confidence that he gives to people just by the way he presents himself. That, and I think that kind of makes people feel at ease with him. And ultimately, like you said, he saves them. And how can you not be endeared by someone who has saved you? Yeah, absolutely. So we, you know, I'm not going to get into, you know, the Linda or anything that happens with Linda because that's next episode. But plus, I don't remember, so don't do it. Yeah. Okay. Well, I won't do that. So I will say this: spoilers. Uh, But remember all those years she traveled with the doctor. Yeah. What? Oh man. Yeah, that was you know uh, season 1.5. We just didn't watch that. I didn't tell you about that one. Adventures. Darn it. Darn it. Um, one thing that she did say in this episode and talking about perception of how people perceive themselves that just really kind of stood out to me was when she was asking about how she is seen outside the Big Brother house. And she said, did they notice me? Do they like me or am I yeah. insignificant? And yeah. that's just interesting to me. What do you guys think? It was it was part of the structure of how the game was played, right? That that audiences would vote, and uh, if they if they liked you, they would try to save you. Um, so that's one reason why she's concerned because it's life and death that she's liked out there. But but yeah, for us as viewers of the show, that's so poignant that this 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 uh, new character is introduced, and the first thing she's saying is, "Am I am I worthwhile?" And our heart goes right out to her, like, "Okay, I." I don't know anything else about her, but uh, I'm already on her side because haven't we all felt that way? Yeah. And, and you know, that's part of these characters playing. They were playing the game. They were playing the game. She was playing the game. She was in a big brother. And, and I, I guess I can say that's what I really liked about the game show part of this episode is that the people that were in those games were fully invested. And I felt like they were fully invested in the game. Uh, in particular, I forget the guy's name who was with Rose, the black guy. I can't remember. Roderick. Roderick. There you go. Yes. But, uh, I only remember because Rod- it was written on his. <laughs> yeah, it was, wasn't it? Yeah. But, but Roderick does the classic thing. And I just love how they paid attention to it to make him as the person that was keeping on the person that was weaker than him so he could win in the end. You know, just a small little detail they really didn't even have to do. But you do oftentimes see that on those type of shows. And I, I really smiled a bit when I, <laughs> he, he made he made that reference. It was really good. Yeah, it was like a, it became a running joke on Survivor, if I remember right. It's yeah. Like, I'm not here yeah. to make friends. I'm here to win. Yeah. It's still like that. Talking to a huge Survivor yeah. fan here. Uh, okay. I <laughs> well, I've not I've been, watched... I've been in and out, but the, so they're still doing that. I'm not here to make friends. <laughs> Nothing's changed. <laughs> well, I'll say this. I've not watched Big Brother for several years, but I used to be a huge U.S. Big Brother fan. And the keeping the weak link so that you can advance yourself. I mean, it was like, okay, the, the, it ties right in to that one too. So kudos yeah. for them for accuracy. <laughs> right. 
Right. Well, and we got to talk about as comic relief as a point of this is that Jack is on what not to wear. <laughs> oh yeah, like what was that? In, is that a real one... show? I never, I never heard of that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. What not to wear? Yeah, that's that's actually the the one of these three that I that I had watched the most. Huh. Uh, yeah, but um, and <laughs> and you know, and John Berman, you know, being John Berman, uh, completely unconcerned about being nude, and in fact, telling yeah. ladies your ratings just went up. Oh yeah, that yeah. was good. It, interestingly enough, the original – well, I'm going to I'm not going to say word that the way I was about to word that. But uh, the original presentation of the episode was actually um, changed from how it was originally um, shot, which was they had to remove the backside. They, there was a scene of his backside, <laughs> and the BBC yeah. censor said that, you know, for BBC One – that was a little bit too much. So they had to, you know, take that out and reshoot it or, you know, not show that particular, uh, shot. So, yeah, I think they've actually digitally moved some scenery around there because the, like there's something uh, blocking because he's still sort of, it's like you can almost yeah. see his feet, but there's something, something in the way. But, yeah. uh, yeah, a, a commenter on IMDb noted that and, and said that that's the only time to this person's awareness that, uh, the sensor is actually, in, um, um, objected to anything on the show, which I mm. thought was so. There you go. Which which is so funny because now it's like uh, nudity in that sense is kind of par for the course for TV. <laughs> it's like we don't yes. even blink. Like oh, okay, <laughs> no, no, it's not the last time we'll see all of John Berriman. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you need a place to hide your uh, compact laser deluxe. Apparently so. Yeah, <laughs> and where exactly that is is none of our business. Exactly. Into <laughs> <laughs> to that moment it it threw me out of the episode it's like there's a there and there's a sense where we're being serious about the situation that's going on there's like it's life or death we're trying to win in this game the doctor's scrambling to save rose he probably thinks uh the captain is okay by himself but he's scrambling to save rose but you know I know it's a comedy relief moment. I, I realize that, but it just felt out of place to me. <laughs> you think it's too much? It's, yeah, it's, it was a little bit too much. It kind of breaks the uh, tone of the show. Yeah. All right. So, Clarence, let me say this. And I say this from ex- – because you're saying that, you know, his scene right there kind of, you know, threw you out of the show and made you look – you know, because I'm, I'm assuming you were invested in the story. You knew what was going on. And then all of a sudden – his scene just kind of like you just kind of like, okay, what's going on here? And you just didn't kind of know where to go. Right. Yeah. I mean, and it's not like it was a throwaway scene because that scene allowed him to, or the, the way the gun was hidden, I guess, allowed him to escape and, you know, aid the doctor. So it it was not just a minor throwaway thing in its slapstickiness. It was pretty substantial for the rest of the story. Okay, so let me say yeah. this, and I'm yeah. and, and 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 I purposely, you know, did ask that question for a reason. From experience, I know when John Merriman wishes to throw you out of the scene, or when you're about to ask a question and you are knowing that <laughs> you don't want to make a fool of yourself when asking a question, and he throws you off your question completely, and I'm raising my hand here because, as you well know, he did that to me. I think that is just par and course <laughs> with John Berriman slash Captain Jack. 
<laughs> maybe so maybe so <laughs> well and and to the internal logic of the story and the character i i enjoyed that and didn't think it it broke the the tone of the show because what i because i i knew that they were all in real danger and i was kind of waiting to see what was going to happen to captain jack but he's being cool because he knows ultimately he's got this yeah. and so he can he can play around with the with the uh the robots there a little bit and, yeah, uh, and, you know he enjoys it. It's just it's just a moment of cool to me. And then then he shoots both their heads off and takes their gun. And I said, yeah, that's what I was expecting to happen. Cool. All right, he's got it. It it did allow him to have a bit bit of fun with his uh, yeah his game, I guess. <laughs> so I, I, you know, I guess that made for some good moments. Yeah, <laughs> it is silly though. <laughs> yeah, it is silly. <laughs> I mean, really, where did he have that gun? <laughs> It's it's pretty big. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, that it was that it so, was. You know. And speaking <laughs> of things related to uh, Captain Jack, <laughs> I really think that. And correct me if I'm wrong here. That we also heard the first time a word that we would come to associate quite well with Captain Jack. Is this not the first episode that we heard of Torchwood? It is indeed. Yep. That's yeah, the there's a somebody, but Yeah. We've seen the letters in Torchwood, of course, before, but we'd never heard anybody say it. Yeah. So, so had we known at this point that Torchwood was, was finna get ready to go into development or, um, where exactly in the timeline does Torchwood take place? Uh, it's, it's after this. So, but it's immediately yeah. after the season. Yeah. Yes. But, um, okay. Yeah. Yeah. We, um, you are in regards to episode wise, you are, Two episodes away from the first official Torchwood. That's true. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. When, uh, when we speak of Torchwood as a, a, a force to be reckoned with. Correct again. That's right. Yeah. So, um, let's, let's get into a little bit. So we've heard Torchwood. We've talked about Linda. We've talked about and the droid, android with the weakest link. So we, we realize, or the doctor realizes we're on satellite five. It's no longer a news channel. It is now the, um, you know, game show network basically did forgetting the fact that we knew what was coming as we've already seen this. When did you guys feel like you knew what the big bad was going to be? Or did you? I don't, I really don't remember. I mean, seeing it the first time. So I, I, I knew, but, uh, yeah, I, I don't recall. What about you, Clarence? As I've stated many times, this is my exactly second time seeing this episode. Yeah. And I, quite frankly, I didn't remember. I mean, I, I didn't remember it until they revealed it. Good. Uh, it, it, they, yeah, cause to me, until the very end, this episode had nothing to do with Daleks at all. And they just kind of slid in there at the end. So <laughs> that's right. <laughs> yeah. In, in what I I had completely forgotten what a gorgeously appointed that uh, set that is for the inside oh, of the Dalek yeah. ship. I oh. I'd completely forgotten about that. And for once, everything looks like it was actually designed to accommodate Daleks and not people. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> with all the all the arch doorways and so on. But it was uh, yeah. Gus, what a beautiful beautiful thing that was. All right. So and we'll see more of it. 
in the next one. So it's interesting. So in, in the scene where Rose, we find out didn't die, she was actually transmitted or transmatted, however you want to mm-hmm. call it, transported, <laughs> teleported, whatever. She's taken somewhere else. And when she awakens and she's in this room before she sees what's coming at her, for some reason, that looked really, really, really um familiar to me and i put it on pause so i had it on one side of my screen and i went and did a search for first dalek story and there is a scene where there are um there's like several daleks and then there's uh ian chesterston on the floor and there's the first doctor and susan and they're basically being approached by a dalek and if you look at the back ground there are there's a door in the middle but there are two arches on either side of it and mm-hmm. if you take that design and you say that's 1963 1964 and you move it up to 2005 i think they did a very good job of recreating the first time we ever see the daleks wow. yeah and, and what would it be like with a budget with a budget <laughs> exactly. yeah yeah that's fantastic. Yeah. And it is it's very much that thing of um, if you're new to Doctor Who and you've been watching since the beginning of this, that season, you would think that there are no more Daleks, you know. Absolutely. And, we, and you get to this realization, even the doctor's kind of like, OK, um, you guys are supposed to be dead. <laughs> yeah. When uh, when we get the Daleks eye point of view chasing Rose just for a second, she says, no, I saw mm-hmm. you die. Yeah. 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 She knows there was only one left and right. she saw it die. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So if you're looking back over this episode, you know, this is one of those episodes just like any that's the first of a two part story that you really don't have as much of a story to review because there's this part two coming that is the payoff. So is there anything that you guys can think of? that I've not mentioned that you think is worthy or any questions about the episode that you guys have. Hmm. Yeah. I got a question. Right, um, go how did the TARDIS get on satellite five? Did, oh. did the, did, did the Daleks put it there in case they did? That's the stupidest thing they ever could have done. That's but. right. Yeah. But apparently so, or, or maybe we'll find out something different in the next episode, but yeah, the Daleks have done all of this to get the doctor there. Um, hmm. Yeah. So did they have to bring the TARDIS there? No. <laughs> no, no, the doctor said that he, they were transmitted out while the TARDIS was in, in, in flight. So yeah, that is, um, yeah. Next week on plot convenience theater. <laughs> oh, also Jack has now, Jack now has a key. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah. yeah. So that happened in the interval. So uh, can I, can I piggyback off of that question and just <laughs> ask a doctor who history type question? Um, are there instances where the TARDIS has traveled to where the doctor needed it to be on its own volition? Mm, good question. Very good question. Yeah. I can't think of any. So here's, here's yeah. going to be my assumption slash answer. And that's going to be the TARDIS has been used probably because of the ability to do more with it with the budget and the technology they now have. It's been used more as a story 
part or a part of the story, mm-hmm. whereas in classic, it literally was, we're going to get out of it. We're going to get back into it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> right. There was so there, that's why there's been less concerned about what the, the transition looks like between the outside and the inside. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, very true. Um, yeah, it, it allows it to now become a character. Um, it, and ultimately to literally become a character in the show. But yeah, but for us to treat it more like a character. Because when you ask that question, Clarence, I'm sitting here going, you know, where have I seen the TARDIS go to? And all I'm seeing in my head are different versions of the doctor walking out, different versions of the doctor <laughs> walking in. Right. And then when you get in, it's, well, what does it look like this season on the inside versus mm-hmm. Oh, well, the master got in. Oh, a Cyberman got in. Oh, mm-hmm. you know, what, Ronnie got it. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, a few more things. Uh, I like the few of the lines the doctor had in this episode. I thought were really good. I'll bring up, uh, the first one, the woman mentions that, uh, we're just doing our jobs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to, to which the doctor replies with that statement, you lost the right to even talk to me. Now yep. back off. <laughs> Yeah, it's a great line. Yeah, we got a kick out of that one. And also, uh, I like the whole piracy statement that was made. Um, uh, I think the, the girl asked him, uh, do you watch? And he said, uh, I never pay my license. And she was like, Oh my God, you would get executed for that. I just <laughs> la- yeah. I, yeah. No piracy folks. No piracy Americans still in this. Show. <laughs> That's yeah, right. Nobody did that. No. Come on now. <laughs> Oh, I got a kick out of that. One. Yeah, me too. Me too. <laughs> Especially considering the fact we have to remember TV over there in the UK, you pay a tax for that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and surely that's what he's referring to, at least on paper. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, one of my favorite uh, throwaway lines in this is we learn what the doctor has learned from Cassandra. To moisturize me. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So any, yeah. any, uh, I'm sorry, Clarence, go ahead. No, I'm, I'm just adding one last thing that I, I guess we talked about, but we didn't say explicitly. I love how these fun and throwaway TV shows that are not serious at all. I just love how they took the dark twist. And to me, the dark twist made, made them worth having in this episode. Good point. Yeah. It wouldn't have made any sense otherwise. Absolutely. <laughs> Yeah. You know, there was there was one show that the doctor even referred to that was something about people and a bear or something. And I don't remember <laughs> what the joke was, but it was like, oh, the doctor watches television, too. Yeah. And what sounds like kind of a kid's program, which is a running joke from the series, because the master is always watching Teletubbies or something like that <laughs> as, the, as the series has gone on. So, yeah. Now, there was one talking about quotes. There was something that the Daleks said when the doctor kept saying no was, what is the meaning of this negative? Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean? No. no, we just took we just gave you the hostage situation. Yeah. yeah. What do you mean? But it was like, what is the meaning of this negative? When you said no, it's like, <laughs> hello, no means right. hello. <laughs> oh, and that last speech to the doctors, I do oh, remember that yes. from 2006. I, I think I was sitting on my sofa and I got, and I got to my feet. I was like, yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. So here's going to, to be, I'm sorry, Clarence, I keep jumping over you. I think that was Lee. Yeah, oh. we were talking before about um, the doctor's um, 
um, how often he saves the day just through his own presence, just by his own um, confidence. And it's it's one of those things from this little world of fiction that I I have really adopted into real life. And 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 by golly, it works when you act like you know what you're doing. People follow you. People uh, they can tell. And and I just love that that this that that moment of the doctor just saying no to to somebody who's holding a hostage. And yeah. the Dalek says, "You have no weapons, no defense, no plan." And the doctor says, "Yeah." And doesn't that scare you to death? I'm going to wipe every last stinking Dalek out the sky. <laughs> yeah. so and they have to believe it because he believes it. I, I love that. That's such a such a great moment. Yeah. Such a so yeah. yeah. And, and uh, the tenth Doctor will talk about that kind of thing later on too. And I, whenever that happens, this tenth Doctor. Yeah, whenever that might happen, we, we and know we know it's going to happen <laughs> eventually. You know, I mean, maybe when you know. Maybe the ninth doctor and Rose decide to, I don't know, maybe part ways. I don't know. Maybe yeah, eventually. Yeah. Eventually. But yeah, here's, here's my thing with the, 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 and I wrote this down. This was the thing that kind of kept coming back and sticking out in my head based on our last episode that we recorded. And we talked about Christopher Eccleston and, the comments that he's made, et cetera, and so forth. If you want to hear all of that, you know, go back and watch the last episode that we did. But it just kept coming back to me over and over that w- the things that we do, the things that we talk about on Discussing Who and other podcasts like us is in part because we know and we have access to information that gives us Behind the scenes, it gives us these tidbits of things that are beyond the story proper. And it just is sad that for Christopher Eccleston, who was so unhappy in his role as the doctor and did not like being there and wanted to get out, it is so sad that if not knowing this and or even with knowing this is where I guess I'm trying to go, that I watch him and I see him on there and I am astounded by how very good this man yeah. was as the doctor. That, uh, that moment where he thinks that Rose has been disintegrated, the camera oh, just man. holds on his face and holds on it. And I, I was thinking the same thing. I'm thinking, man, he's good. Yeah. Wow. And you know he didn't he didn't get wild. He just kind of kept his kept his composure to a certain extent, mm-hmm. and it just came to the point when you know I guess Jack knew it was coming. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah, let's go, let's do it. <laughs> yep. Yeah. We did what have see- we got to lose? Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. And we got to see the doctor wield a very big freaking gun for the second time, which was awesome as well. <laughs> and then toss it to somebody. It's like, <laughs> what, what did you think I was going to do with it here? Yeah. <laughs> So how would you guys, if you were giving this episode standing by itself a rating, what would you give as a rating? And Clarence, I'll let you take it first. Hmm, Wow. I think there are definitely good points in this episode that I really enjoyed. But to me, the first 30 some odd minutes were not that great. Uh, again, we always find the high points, which I think is is, is good. I'll give it probably like a three point seven mm. out of five. All right, Claire, I mean Lee. I'm going to say three point five of with the same logic that I I was so disappointed with the the, the concept of the beginning, and, and then once uh, the Doctor and Linda 
got out and Jack got out, it, it, it really all started to come together and pick up for me. And, uh, and so then by the time we get to this, this, the cliffhanger here at the end, I was totally on board. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, 3.5. So why don't I not break tradition as we've done with <laughs> series one and I'm going to give it Clarence gave a 3.7. You gave a 3.5. Do either one of you have a guess at what my rating is going to be? Mm. My guess is that we're going to make you go first next time. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Hold me to it. Hey, that's a good point. Hold <laughs> me to it. Um, Except it's going to be all fives next time. So. Yeah. And it <laughs> yeah will, so I'll go ahead and tell you my, my rating of next uh, episode will be a five. Spoilers. Spoilers. Yeah. Spoilers. Not saying what's going to happen, but I will say it will be a five because for this very reason alone, it is the first Doctor Who story that I have memorized part of. So there you go. But yeah, 3.6 because you 3.5, 3.7, 3. 3.6. All right, gentlemen. So why don't we wrap this episode up and I'm going to go around really quickly and give you guys an opportunity to talk about anything you else you might be working on. So Lee, why don't you take it first? Well, as always, I'll point people to relativitypodcast.com, the new and improved relativitypodcast.com. And, um, if you're not following the show, then click on the listen link and that, uh, and, uh, you can hear the whole series and subscribe through a whole fistful of different ways. So yeah, All that's right. it for me. Cobain, Mr. Brown. I'm going to say check out the discussing who slash discussing comics YouTube page. Which can be found at youtube.discussingwho.com. Good deal. And Clarence and I can also be found on discussingtrek.com, which, of course, we will talk about, guess what? Star Trek and specifically Star Trek Discovery. So for anyone listening, we appreciate your time and listening. We want to hear what you think. So if you have any feedback for this episode, go to facebook.com slash discussing who and send us a message and we will play your feedback on the next episode or on a future episode, whichever one comes first. So thanks everyone for listening and we will be back next time. Discussing Who is brought to you by Audible. You've probably heard of Audible, but just in case, they are the world's leading provider of audiobooks. They have more than 180,000 titles. Let me say that again. 180,000 titles to choose from. Imagine a genre. They've got an audiobook. And these files play on smartphones, Kindles, tablets, in fact, over 500 different devices. Now, for fans of Discussing Who, Audible is offering a free download when you start a new Audible subscription. And you can choose anything at all from that vast library. But we know you want to get one of their absolutely fantastic Doctor Who titles, which include New Adventures of the Doctor, but also Torchwood and River Song. And they're performed for you by actors you know and love. Wonderful voices, Tom Baker, Alex Kingston, David Tennant. The list goes on and on. So try it out for 30 days. And if at the end of the month you decide Audible is not for you, you still get to keep that Doctor Who book you downloaded. So look at it this way. free. Doctor Who book. So here's how you get started. Point your favorite web browser to audibletrial.com slash discussing who. That's audible trial, all one word, A-U-D-I-B-L-E-T-R-I-A-L dot com slash discussing who. 
Also one word, and that's how you get your free book. What could be better than that? You've been listening to the Discussing Who podcast. Discussing Who is made by fans for fans. No copyright infringement is intended. Show us your fans of the show by liking us on Facebook, following us on Twitter. You can find us on the web at www.discussingwho.com. Want more Discussing Who? Find us on iTunes, Google Play Music, Player FM, the Doctor Who Podshock Alliance, and more. Send us your feedback to discussingwho at gmail.com, or if you'd like, simply record a voice message and send that to us via your smartphone, tablet, or computer. We want to hear from you.